At number five, same as last week, the roster battles, most notably the battle for the final two spots. I think there's two spots, and that might even be generous. Two spots right now open in this bullpen. Mike Matheny saying yesterday that depth is as valuable as ever. Now, one thing I believe many baseball fans get confused about bullpens is, sure, Everyone's after velocity. You want a bunch of big arms in that bullpen, but what's even more important is different looks. Uh, having someone with, sure, the gasoline of Josh Stallmont, but also someone that throws a devastating curveball like Jesse Hahn. You want someone with a funky release like a Brad Brock. Someone with a devastating slider like Jacob Junis. Uh, a splitter slider like a Greg Holland, someone coming from the left side like a Richard Lovelady. All of those names I just mentioned have impressed over the past week plus of Royal Spring training. We'll get deeper into the roster battles, but the bullpen to me has really jumped out after this week of games. And look, I didn't even mention Scott Barlow, a guy that we'll talk to coming up in just about 30 minutes from right now. Scott Barlow, when you dive into his numbers over the past two seasons, case can be made. He is the best reliever this Royals organization has heading into the 2021 season. Storyline number four, the soon-to-be reunion between the Royals and Gerard Dyson. I say soon-to-be because we're still waiting on the physicals, still waiting on the 36-year-old Gerard Dyson to pass that physical and you know i i mentioned the roster battles and all of the roster battles are all bench spots or the final few uh, bullpen spots that's really what's up for grabs and man you look at this bench and sure there will be a backup catcher uh, but gerard dyson signing a million and a half major league deal uh, that gives him a spot on the bench, so he's your pinch runner. You're going to need a pinch hitter between Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan McBroom, and then, of course, your utility infielder and Hanser Alberto. So, again, when we look at the 26-man roster for opening day of 2021, there's, at most, five spots being battled for right now down in Surprise, Arizona. Speaking of battles, storyline number three, the rotation battle. This is as deep a, comp a competition as I can remember in my eight years covering this Royals organization. Look, after what Brady Singer and Chris Bubich did last year with what Mike Miner, Danny Duffy, and Brad Keller have done over the past you know, half decade plus, uh, man, it felt as if this rotation was pretty much sewed up. I mean, all five spots were sewn up coming into camp, but uh, Jacob Junis with his uh, new fangled cutter to go along with that fantastic slider. And uh, look, when it's a, a second pitch or even a third pitch, a, a not too shabby fastball, Jacob Junis is not going to go to the bullpen without a fight. Urban Santana made his Cactus League debut and felt good. And look, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Mike Matheny saying that uh, depth is as valuable as ever. Uh, when you have someone like, I mentioned Brad Brock, I mentioned Wade Davis, Irvin Santana, guys that aren't on the 40-man roster but also 
are, are well past the days where you can sneak them through waivers and send them to the minor leagues. You know, options are a thing of the past when it comes to Irvin Santana and, and Wade Davis. They're either going to make the team or they're not. When depth is as valuable as ever, it becomes a numbers game. Guys like Irvin Santana, Wade Davis, Brad Brock, they have an early leg up to grab one of those final few bullpen or even rotation spots. Moving along, the second biggest storyline of the second full week of Royal Spring Training is uh, Adalberto Mondesi and the health of Adalberto Mondesi. I spoke with Mike Matheny earlier today, and for those that are not up to speed, uh, Mondi, before reporting to camp, uh, was hit in the foot uh, by a pitch while taking swings down in the Dominican. Um, obviously, speed and defense are the hallmarks of Mondi's game, uh, so you have to be careful when it comes to his feet because you start overcompensating, and then it's an ankle injury, and then it's a a knee injury, and then it's a hip injury, and then it's a back injury, and then 2021 is completely lost. Look, spring training is not that important for someone the caliber of Adalberto Mondesi. You're going to take your time with a player uh, that that important and that talented. So Adalberto Mondesi's health is, according to Mike Matheny, moving in the right direction. He worked on his base running earlier today, base running and sliding, uh, he has taken some swings. You saw Annie Rogers of MLB.com tweet out a video yesterday of Mondesi getting some swings in down in surprise. So, uh, look, Mike Matheny and the organization don't appear too concerned when it comes to Mondesi's foot ailment right now, saying they expect him to be in the lineup for a Cactus League game coming up later on in the week. And in case you haven't looked at the calendar, tomorrow is Friday, which is the definition of later in the week. So we'll we'll see if Mondesi is available and in the lineup tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday, because if we're having this conversation when I join Fesco in the morning coming up on Monday morning at 745, I think the tenor around the conversation will be slightly different. And finally, the biggest story of Week two, this is our third edition of Vern's Hot Stove. Um, and for a third straight week, the biggest story at Royal Spring Training. And look, it's, it's going to be the biggest story of the Royal season. And it's going to be the biggest story for this Royals franchise moving forward. Not just this spring, not just this regular season, but for the next decade. It's going to be about this young pitching. Names like Asa Lacey, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Kowar, Chris Bubich, Brad Keller, and the man that's going to join us coming up in just a matter of moments, Brady Singer. Singer, Keller, both through yesterday, not against, um, not against uh, the, the, the competition uh, of the opposition, uh, but... Again, it was a six-inning game yesterday between the Royals and the White Sox. We saw Keller and Singer get their work in after those six innings were completed. So it was a glorified practice or intra-squad getting their work in guys like Brady Singer, Brad Keller. Uh, we, we did see Daniel Lynch. We saw Jackson Kowar, both of them making their Cactus League debut, at least their 2021 
Cactus League debut. Uh, and, and Asa Lacey, as you may or may not have heard, he's going to be brought along slowly. Not likely to see him in many, if any, Cactus League games. Um, again, that, that's this is his first full season as a professional. So Asa Lacey, yes, is an intriguing name for the future. Uh, but the future not likely to arrive until September at the earliest. Well, uh, I mentioned him just a moment ago, and he's kind enough to join us right now. He is Royal starting pitcher Brady Singer. Brady, thank you very much for the time. I'm wondering, when you were on the Hill yesterday, uh, did 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 the fans stick around? Did you have some crowd in, in Surprise Stadium yesterday? Yeah, I did, ha- I did have a few. Uh, it's weird. You know, like I said, it's... It was weird with an empty stadium last year, and it's weird with just a few fans in there. But, uh, no, some stuck around. It was definitely definitely quiet. You could definitely tell it was after the game. But, uh, no, they stuck around, and they hung out and watched it. You've heard earlier today the Royals announcing that there will be 10,000 fans in attendance when this season gets started. You'll be pitching in front of Royals fans at Kauffman Stadium for the first time in your career. You uh, – has to be exciting news for someone like you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it brings you goosebumps for sure. Um, you know, I've been waiting ever since, uh, you know, 2018 when I was drafted. I've heard about this fan base. I've heard about how, you know, how much they care about us and all that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready for, for Kaufman to be full of fans. You know, I can't I can't wait till they, till they get there. You know, I'm excited for them. You know, we owe it to them to put on a good show. And, uh, no, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, I can't wait. And, I'm ready for open today for sure. Are you expecting fans in the stands to to help you performance wise? Uh, if so, how? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely no. Just the energy they bring. I mean it, it helps you tremendously. Like I said, I've picked last year with no fans, and I can tell you that wasn't that wasn't uh, you know what I ever imagined. Uh, you know, pitching in the big leagues was like. But um, no, we're. It's going to be extremely helpful. I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, them cheering on and just noise. I mean, I really think just 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 the noise of the fans is going to help. I think it's going to help all us. And you know, like I said, talking about that opening day and you know the whole season. You know, possibly having fans. It's just going to bring an incredible amount of energy to uh, you know to the individual player, to the whole team, and you know to the whole to the whole city. And we all started off as fans. Do you remember your first game, big league game, as a fan? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I'm guessing it had to be, uh, you know, spring training uh, down in Orlando where I grew up, um, you know, just going out there and watching the Braves at, at Disney World and, you know, actually playing on those backfields and, and just seeing those guys, you know, you were, hell, I was, what, four foot tall, you know, something like that, and seeing these six foot five giant human beings, you know, selling baseball as hard as they can, it was, it was impressive, and, uh, yeah, we all started off as fans, and I was definitely a huge one. Brady Singer is our guest here on 610 Sports Radio. And you think about those Braves teams, you think about October baseball. Man, I'll tell you what, whether it's you, it's, it's your manager, it's leaders like Salvador Perez and Whit Merrifield, uh, Brady, this team sure doesn't seem to be running from expectations this season. No, no, not at all. Like I said, and I've, I've said many a times, uh, we're here to win. I don't care what... You know what anybody says. We're uh, we put this team together, and and we all got the same mindset. We're ready to win, and we're going to go out there and give it our best. And like you said, the the guys that have been there, you know, Whit and Salvi and Michael Taylor and Wade Davis, all those guys that you know bring all those 
you know, bring all the knowledge and the, in the, just the time they've had in the big leagues. I mean, you just got so many guys that have just done so much in the game of baseball and have so much knowledge that you can lean on, and they've all been there. So, I mean, they're all ready for it. They know what to do. And, uh, you know, it's guys like me that have to lean on them and, and, and you know, talk to them about, you know, how it's going to go. Um, but, no, it's, it's it's a heck of a clubhouse. Uh, the additions we had this offseason, just unbelievable. We're excited. Like I said, we're ready to go and we're ready to win. Does a teammate or two um, come to the front of your mind uh, when I ask about this camp? Because I understand you're trying to get your work done, but when we talk about the influx of talent and how this team is prepared to make a push for October, are there performances, are there at-bats, are there defensive plays that you're seeing where you go, okay, okay, that's... Uh, that's a, that's a winning player. This is a winning ball club. Does anything come to mind? No, I think it's, I think it's just how these guys carry themselves. I mean, like I said, they've all been there. They all carry themselves with the same mindset. There's there's nobody in the locker room that's just you know tossing away or thinking that we're not going to win. Um, everybody has the same mindset. We're all on the same page. So, no, I, I think it's everybody. I'm not going to not going to point out one person. Uh, you know, because it's all of us. It really is. Um, we're all we're all thinking the same thing, you know. We're all thinking October, no matter what anybody says. Are you able to appreciate the talent around you any more this spring compared to last spring? Where, man, last spring you're just trying to make sure everyone knows uh, what you have and and your ability. You ultimately did that during the regular season last year. Is there? Uh, are, are you able to breathe a little bit more this camp? Yeah, I'm definitely able to breathe a little bit more, but, you know, the foot's still on the gas, the throttle's still down. Um, yeah, it's definitely a different feeling. You know, I feel, you know, just a tick more comfortable knowing that, uh, you know, knowing that I've that I've had, uh, you know, one big league spring training under my belt, and I feel like I, I know a few more things. You know, I still I still walk around on eggshells and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's definitely, it's definitely better than last year. You know, last year was obviously – Obviously scared walking to a locker room, you know, full of those guys. But you know, once you get to know them and and all that, it's 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 not really you know it's not bad at all because they all have that one goal in mind, and that's to win. Royal starting pitcher Brady Singer with us. Just a few more minutes on six ten Sports Radio. This is Vern's hot stove. I I spoke with your manager earlier today, and uh, man, uh, the the past few springs when we were allowed in the clubhouse, uh, one observation. I, I made about you uh, was you carried yourself around these fellow professionals, even though you were young and still are, you carried yourself with a respectful confidence. It reminded me of Justin Verlander. I was around him in his first spring with the Detroit Tigers, and he was respectful of veterans. He kept his head down, but he kept his chest up. He, he, he knew the kind of player and pitcher he uh, was going to be. I, I wonder, are, are you conscious of your body language in the clubhouse on the field? Yeah, I mean, of course. So you, you definitely have to be, especially with around you know, some of these veteran guys that have been here for so long. But you, you really you can't change who you are um, at all. You know, I've heard some guys saying that, you know, they changed who they were and, and they're ne- they were never the same. Um, so you have to, you know, almost shut your mouth. And, and you know, carry yourself in a in a confident way, yes, but obviously not too confident. But you can't change who you are. Um, 
the confidence is such a big such a big key to pitching um, and your daily work. Um, you know, if you're scared or timid or something like that, you, you can't go do something, or, or the way you're performing is is you know not up to up to the standard that you want to be. But the, the confidence is, is so huge, um, especially when you're standing on the mound. Um, I think just because you know you got to have the confidence to throw it where you want it and do this and do that and not and not be scared of you know other people or what they think of around you. And it's not it's not arrogance by any means. It's not. Um, thinking you're better than anybody um, at all. It's just you know, kind of having the kind of having the mindset that I can't I can't change who I am. Um, this is this is kind of who I have to be to perform at my best. And it's also the preparation. You know, you've put the work in, right? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, he's part of is putting the work in and stuff like that, and um, getting into the weight room and, and working on working on stuff like that and trying not to be. You know, scared of scared of people like that. It's 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 tough. You know, walking in for any young player to walk into a locker room full of full of veteran guys um, by any means. So, like I said, you, you still got to keep on the same page that you've been doing forever. So, how would you describe uh, the type of leader that you are? Because even though your age says one thing, I mean, you you've been a leader at in college. I would imagine. Um, to a certain group in this clubhouse, you're a leader as well. How would you describe your leadership? Yeah, definitely, definitely not a vocal leader. Um, I, I feel like I definitely uh, lead by actions. You know, with the with the times I get there and, and the preparation that goes into it, and, and everything behind the scenes of you know not what just you see on the mound, it's what you see you know off the mound and stuff like that. And like you said, I think that I think the way I, I carry myself, I'm not really extremely vocal or loud or out there you know the attention's you know I, I never want the attention to be on me um and i think that's i think that's kind of how i lead people just kind of watch and kind of kind of do uh kind of try to follow in what i'm doing brady singer is our guest on 610 sports radio so uh, now with uh, you know a handful nearly a dozen big league starts under your belt in 2020 when you show up to camp this year uh, what kind of questions are you asking of coaches or teammates that last year uh, wouldn't even have popped into your mind? I, I think the biggest thing is is to is attacking on 102 more games. Um, that's something that you gotta you gotta think about. Um, you know, when I when I started last spring training, um, I was preparing for you know 140 140 games or so, or 160, however, and obviously. Uh, COVID hit now that's where we played 60, but, uh, now the question this year is how do I get to 162 games? I mean, you're talking on a hundred more games. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I'm not scared of it by any means, but, uh, more excited than anything, but, you know, just trying to, how do you, how do you keep your legs under you for 162 games? Um, and you got guys in this locker room, um, you know, recent guys that we just signed and guys that have done it, uh, numerous times. It's just, you know, what, what do you do? Do you take it easy? You know, you take it easy in spring training, you kind of save your bullets and, and stuff like that. So, so we're learning that right now, and um, you know, it's more exciting than anything. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely not scared of 162. I'm going to grind through it as much as I can. Um, you know, let them hopefully let me throw as you know as much as I possibly can, but obviously I have to be safe at the same time. Um, well, yeah, that's that's really the main question right now. So, what it, what is the key in making the kind of jump that this organization would love to see you make? Yeah, I, I I believe in you know not 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 taking off any time, um, not not 
not letting your guard down, but just kind of be smart about the things you're doing, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, you know, working out and then doing all those things that keep your body fresh. Um, the spring training's made to, made to, um, you know, prepare you for the season, you know, the, the whole season, you know, spring training isn't just the season. You got a long time after that as well. Um, so I think just preparing your body in the best way you can possibly be to play, uh, you know, 162. Brady, final thing for you, uh, with what you were able to do in your rookie campaign, uh, boy, people are uh, media fans, uh, pretty excited to see uh, what your career in a Royals uniform is, is going to look like. Uh, what what do you want your career to be known for? What, what kind of mark are you hoping that Brady Singer leaves on this game? I uh, the one thing that I always, you know, that I always focus on is winning. Um, I feel like when you get tied up into the into the BS of analytics and and all the other stuff, I, it just doesn't really bother me. The only thing that I want to do is win. You know, I want to win for the Royals. Um, put a lot of championships in the books for them. You know, along as with all the other guys here too. I mean, we all we all want to win, and that's something that we're all focused on. But there's one thing that you know you could describe me as you know when I'm done with my career just just a winner that's all that's all I really care about terrific Brady Singer Royals starting pitcher uh, pitching in front of Royals fans before you know it Brady thank you very much for the time and uh, stay healthy and keep working hard absolutely thanks Josh I appreciate it all right man there you go Brady Singer our guest on Vern's hot stove from the rotation to the bullpen we talk with Scott Barlow when we get back Vern's Hot Stove each and every Thursday, 6 until 7 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio and the Radio.com app. I'm Josh Vernier, 610 Sports Radio's Royals Insider. We'll talk with Royals reliever Scott Barlow coming up in just a moment. But first, one of the better interviews I've watched in, in quite a while, Brian Kenny and uh, former San Francisco Giants outfielder Hunter Pence. They spoke earlier this week on MLB Network about uh, the intangibles. You, you heard me mention it moments ago to Brady Singer. Body language, how important carrying yourself with confidence is, especially when you're in the position that Singer's in or Whit Merrifield's in or Salvador Perez is in where you're the guy. You're one of the guys on this team that everyone if you're walking around with your head down and your shoulders slouched, everyone is going to pick up on that. You need, as Rex Hudler always says, you need energy givers. You know, we talked about Gerard Dyson earlier, and, and you'll hear more from Gerard Dyson before we get out of here at 7 o'clock. Gerard Dyson is one of those energy givers, guys that in the doldrums of July and August and even into September – they don't allow mistakes to snowball. They don't allow doubt to creep into a clubhouse. They make sure that everyone is tucking on the same side of the rope. I think Gerard Dyson, and, and, and again, we'll get, we'll get more into this coming up in just a moment. I think Gerard Dyson could play a very key role in this clubhouse in the month of April. But it all begins in that clubhouse. Um, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a championship team that couldn't all tug on the same side of the rope. Here's Hunter Pence 
talking about how, yes, even in the big leagues, there are some guys that just don't give off the right amount of energy. They're energy takers. They're the sieves of the locker room. Uh, You need guys, uh, even at the big league level, it seems like something we would talk about in in little league and and maybe in the minor leagues. You, You shouldn't have to try and milk energy out of guys at the big league level, but it is true. Here's Hunter Pence. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think that there is is major intangibles. And I think at the big league level is where leadership is actually the most difficult because um, a lot of times, you know, that people, people talk chemistry and I'm going to say glue guys because a lot of times it's not about getting along. It's about being able to do what's very difficult that's for the greater good. And a lot of times it's getting on to someone that you really love or someone that you really care and you know it's going to hurt their feelings, but it might hurt their feelings for the greater good and, and you want to get them on board. Whereas if you start letting things fly and let them get away with this, they're going to continue to get away with more and more and it starts it starts hitting different players and different things. This is where it's hard to really quantify, but I can, I can tell you that I study the glue guys. Like you look at like a Punto, watch everywhere he went, Nick Punto, they won. Torrey Hunter seemed to make the playoffs wherever he went. It didn't matter what the team was expected to do. And as soon as he left a certain team, they ended up losing. There was some kind of leadership quality bringing everyone on board. There's a power to purpose. There's a power to like a, a unified purpose. And, and there's a power to integration versus disintegration. If someone's messed up and, and mad and you don't address it, uh, you're gonna, your, your team's going to disperse. And it's going to leak into the way that they play for sure. As promised, joining us now, Royals reliever Scott Barlow. Scott, I don't know how much of that from Hunter Pence you caught, uh, but body language, clubhouse camaraderie, and an understanding that team must come first. Uh, how does that hit your ear? Yeah, that's definitely important. Um, you know, having that you know team-building aspect, um, being able to trust everyone on the field, making sure they're – uh, doing what they need to supposed to do, you know, it gives you trust with each and every player, knowing that, you know, you got their back and they got your back. So, I mean, that's that's huge. Scott, you know, in preparation for for having you on, I, I noticed your profile page at MLB.com. The action shot of you is of a clean cut, clean shaven Scott Barlow. Is that guy still under all that show flow that you're sporting now? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, kind of when, uh, you know, I was growing it out a little bit, you know, before uh, COVID hit. But once COVID hit, you know, we couldn't, couldn't get too many haircuts. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of really when, you know, the hair started growing a little bit more. Um, and then ever since it's kind of grown out, I've kind of liked it. Um, and then I kind of went with a little bit of a goatee mustache combo and, you know, kind of just stuck with it. And in the role that you play on this team, it's better to stand up there on the mound and look, I mean, I, I know you to be a very nice guy, but it's, it's better to look a little menacing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, uh, you know, have a little sort of, uh, little bit of attitude and never, never hurt anybody. And, uh, right. you know, once. Once you cross that line and get on the mound, you know it's you know it's all business. Um, you know I know you know every player I've ever met has been you know super nice, but you know there's been times where when I've played played against guys and like man this guy is you know really mean, um, and then you meet them in person and they're always you know the nicest person you've ever met. But uh, yeah, definitely you know have a little have a little attitude going on for sure. 
that's how it was uh, with with me growing up. I I always thought you know Jim Tomei uh, just must be a bruiser. And then as I got older, I got a chance to meet him and interview him, and he turned out to be the nicest person I've ever met in baseball. Is there a name that comes to your mind right now of a guy that you thought was intimidating and turned out to be a teddy bear? Uh, you know, meeting Wade Davis uh, sure. this year, um, you know, I've seen videos of him in, uh, you know, either in, in games or, you know, in the playoffs. And, you know, you see his attitude and you're like, man, this guy, I mean, he looks like he's going to snap, snap the batter in half. Like he looks, you know, pretty rough. And then, you know, meeting him this year, I mean, super, you know, awesome guy, you know, very soft-spoken and, you know, willing to have a conversation anytime and talk pitching or, you know, life and everything. And, you know, he's just super nice guy. He is. Um, I, I had the opportunity to cover him the last time he came through Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, he is as nice of an individual as you're going to run into. And I think fans are shocked by that um, because of what oh, yeah. he did consistently on the mound. Who else? You you mentioned this to me earlier in the week that you like to watch uh, other pitchers, Wade Davis being one of them. Who else do you like to study? Uh, you know, Garrett Cole, he's, his mechanics, you know, as the mechanics side, I mean, is just is pretty flawless. Um, and then, you know, guys on our team, you know, Josh DeMont, you know, obviously throws 100-plus. Um, so, I mean, we, we talk pitching and, you know, biomechanics and all that kind of stuff, you know, until it blew in the face. Um, and then, you know, as hitters wise, you know, I've, I've, I've faced Hunter Dozier, um, coming up to the minor leagues and, you know, at the plate, you know, he's obviously, you know, his stature, he's, he's you know, a really big guy, you know, six four, six five, and, you know, just straight muscle. And, you know, when he comes up to bat and he swings it, I mean, he swings it hard. And I mean, he's, he's hit a couple of homers off me in, in spring or in, in the minor leagues even. And, you know, just big menacing guy. And then you talk to him and he's just, you know, family guy, just yeah. really, really good dude. Scott Barlow is our guest Royals reliever on 610 sports radio. And, and Scott, I, uh, you know, I, I always try and remain optimistic and view the positive because this game is, um, such a, a game of failure, it's easy to find negatives. Um, I, I've had a difficult time uh, understanding 2020 and, and specifically what it means for uh, you and other members of of the bullpen. Uh, you continued to do what you showed everyone in 2019. I, I wonder, though, d- did you prove anything to yourself in 2020? Yeah, definitely with, um, you know, progression, you know, being able to, you know, face more big league hitters and, you know, definitely get more innings under my belt. Um, you know, just having those extra reps, you know, being able to learn, you know, how to study hitters and, um, you know, especially after you face them a couple of times, you know, we, we played a lot of the same teams, you know, that 2020 season and, you know, you, you end up facing a lot of the same guys and, you know, being able to, you know, recognize what you did well against them and, or if, you know, you had a, you know, bad appearance, you know, kind of understanding, you know, the whys of, you know, why those things happened. Um, and then, you know, just the amount of appearances um, in 2020, you know, I proved to myself, you know, I can always get in better shape, you know, especially, you know, 162-game season, you know, that's coming up. 
know, how can I prepare to have the same kind of workload and that kind of season rather than the 60-game season? So, you know, a combination of just the preparedness of, you know, how can I get, you know, guys out in, in multiple times throughout a year and then, um, and then the physical side of, you know, how can I get my body in the best shape possible to, um, you know, kind of have that kind of same workload but over, you know, a longer season. For listeners, for listeners that that don't know, Scott Barlow uh, led Major League Baseball. No, no one pitched in more games last year than our guest Scott Barlow, who joins us on Six Ten Sports Radio. And, and man, the, the position that 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 you have, it, it's just so very difficult. In that, man, you had a great twenty nineteen, uh, but then it leaves people like me and, and some fans where you're like, all right, that was great. But the thing about baseball is you have to do it consistently, and you did just that. Uh, a handful of your teammates, guys like Josh Stallmont and Kyle Zimmer and Jesse Hahn, uh, they had fantastic 2020s, but now there's people like me that are saying, all right, I need you to do it again because that's the hallmark of a great reliever like Greg Holland, like Wade Davis, doing it consistently. Um what is it that you like about the makeup of this bullpen, and how confident are you in your bullpen mates? Oh yeah, um, you know everybody that we're, that's in the bullpen now. You know we've got along so well. You know it seems like everybody. You know, just, you know we all make great teammates, but you know I feel like we're all great friends too, um, and we're able to go to each other pretty much at any point in time and kind of pick each other's brains, um, and just everybody's just working their butt off. You could just tell, you know, when. When we all showed up this spring, you know, we're all happy to see each other. But, you know, being able to watch each other work, um, you know, just feeding off each other, you know, what, what did we want to work on in, in years past? And, and, you know, seeing each other in spring, like, man, you guys put in some serious work. Um, you know, everybody's got great camaraderie. And, you know, we got, you know, newer guys, you know, like Zuber. And then, you know, having the resources like, you know, Greg and now Wade, you know, being able to ask them questions. You know, just trying to help each other develop. You know, I think, you know, we've learned a lot, you know, by ourselves, but, you know, we definitely learn more, you know, from each other for sure. This might be an unfair question, and I apologize if it is. You don't have to answer it. I'm just interested. Um, outside of yourself, what are the two best pitches in that Royals bullpen? You can't use any of your arsenal. Are we talking Ooh. about a Stallman fastball, a Jesse Hahn curveball? Uh, where, where are you going? Uh, I mean, Josh, I mean, he throws so hard. I mean, even playing catch when he's 50%, um, you know, it just travels so well. And it's, it's really incredible to see. And it's just, you know, fun to watch him play catch. Um, and then, like you said, Jesse's curveball, I mean, we talk about that all the time, and now that we have all this, you know, track man data and everything, you can kind of know the spin rate, you know, and then, you know, it's proven, you know, he's got a great curveball. It's like over 3,000 RPM, and you're like, man, how do you, how do you do that? I mean, some, some, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to answer those questions because, you know, I've asked him, like, man, how do you get 3,000 RPMs on your, on your curveball? And he's like, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, some stuff's just God-given. Um, yeah. You know, those are two great pitches, you know, those two guys got. Um, you know, Greg Holland, he's got a great slider. I mean, he's, he can put that thing wherever he wants. And, you know, just his uh, demeanor on, 
on the mound too. I mean, when he goes out there, I mean, he's all business, and that's really fun to watch and see how he works each hitter and you know his repertoire and and his preparedness. Um, it's something to be in awe of too. Here's a question I, I love to ask people in your position: um, What comes first, or, or what came first for you? Success at the big league level or confidence at the big league level? Oh, it's a kind of a little bit of both. Um, you know, when you first get called up, it's it's a surreal moment because it's you know something that you've been working on for so long. Um, and, you know, just having that, you know, being called up is almost like your first case of, um, success. Um, but, you know, confidence definitely takes some time to, um, adjust to, um, I know, you know, when I first get called up and, you know, it's almost like you have so much nerves and you're kind of numb to a lot of stuff. Um, but then once that, you know, the dust settles and, you know, you have to do it day in and day out, you know, that, that, you know, just feed off the ground feeling almost kind of fades away a little bit. It's like, okay, like, you know, 162 games is a long season. Um, so, you know, you're going to have failures. Um, and that's almost okay at sometimes because, you know, then you kind of know like what you need to work on. Um, but, you know, the confidence thing is probably the biggest part of that being able to know that you're good enough to be there day in and day out um, almost breeds that success eventually. So I would say, you know, confidence is, is probably the biggest key for sure. So a piggybacking off of that, with the growth that you've shown over the last three years, man, where do you think you could be three years from now? Where do you, where do you see yourself in your career? Um. That's, that's a hard question to answer. You know, you never know kind of what will happen. Um, but, you know, I, what I've learned is, you know, first year in the big leagues, you, you kind of look down down the line a little bit too much um, in your career, you know, like the what could be kind of thing. And, you know, as cliche as it sounds, like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so important to take it one day at a time and, you know, there was a long time ago, you know, when I first got drafted, um, the scout that drafted me was just, you know, he said, get better at something one day at a time. If you go into the field every day and you get better at one thing, you know, that's going to take you so far. And that's kind of hit home to me. You know, it took a little it took a little bit while to take that to heart. You know, when, when you're in the minor leagues, you keep looking up to the big leagues and you look so far ahead and, um, you know, but, you know, it's really the small things you do every day. You know, the one rep you get in team PFPs or, or you know, even in the weight room, like every rep counts. Um, and making sure each and every rep and each and every throw you make, you know, counts. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I took in the heart instead of looking down, you know, more long-term. It's just you know, every day just get better at one thing. That's great advice. Scott Barlow is our guest. And, and Scott, uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, before uh, we let you go, how excited are you with the news earlier today that there will be at least 10,000 people in the stands when you guys return to Kaufman? Oh, I am so pumped. Um, you know, that's playing last year with no fans and the fake crowd noise. You know, it just 
it, it didn't feel like baseball. Um, you know, but having the fans there, even in spring training this year, you know, it, even though it was a 25% capacity, I mean, I've never had my heart beat faster in the past, you know, year for sure. Even though it's spring training, there's not too many people in there. I mean, but seeing some faces and, and hearing those, hearing the crowd go, and, you know, it's just, it's going to be really exciting to, you know, come back home and, and, you know, go to Kaufman and, and see, you know, even that many fans there. It's going to be, you know, really special. Do you think your game will be helped by it, or do you even notice fans when you're on the hill? It'll it'll help everybody 100%, I think. Um, when, you know, we're, we're either doing, in spring training, we had the, you know, the backfield games with no fans, and it's just coaches. You know, adrenaline, self-produced adrenaline can only really take you that far, but you know, when you watch, you know, the World Series games when it's, you know, not a seat or not a um, – every every seat in the stadium is filled. You know, that's when, you know, you see the biggest plays, you know, in baseball history is, you know, when, you know, the crowd is into it. Um, you know, it's – I think when the fans are there, the adrenaline just gets kicked up, kicked up another 50%. And you, that's when you see – you know, I, I can't even wait to see, you know, Josh DeMott out there with fans. You know, he was able to throw was 102 miles an hour with no fans out there. I bet, I bet we'll see some 105s out of him for sure. And, you know, especially with the hitters, you know, when Salvi goes up and, you know, the fans go crazy, you know, he always does something special. Well, I think the, the moment you first entered the hearts of Royals fans, um, I don't remember the game in 2019. I just remember the tribal scream you let off after punching out the side i believe coming off the mound late in the game at kaufman stadium uh so I, i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to that kind of emotion from scotty barlow coming up in 2021 scott man i really appreciate the time tonight and uh, uh stay healthy and and we'll see you at the case soon enough thank you and thank you for having me oh my pleasure scott barlow our guest on 610 Sports Radio. Joining Scott Barlow in that clubhouse, knock on wood, is going to be Gerard Dyson. Why that is cause for celebration, coming up next. Up in April. Starting with the home opener, opening day, April 1st against the Texas Rangers right here on 610 Sports Radio. When you're putting together the roster for opening day, the 26-man roster, you see that there are three off days in the first week of the season, which means you can have an elongated bench. You could go with less arms. You could have 12 pitchers and 14 position players. You could have your utility infielder. You can have your backup catcher. You can have... Uh, a pinch runner, and, and and two pinch hitters, if you wanted. Uh, but as we talk about that pinch runner and we talk about Gerard Dyson, you need to think about it this way. For the first month of the season, how many times are they likely going to use a pinch runner? Five, six, maybe? Uh, 20% of the games, maybe? A grand total of 10 innings? You know, if we're being honest... The, the role that Gerard Dyson will play on the field will amount to, what, 20 innings out of a possible 200 innings played in the month of April? Something along those lines? 
So the real impact of that position, that pinch runner on the bench position, the real impact is going to be made on the bench, in the clubhouse. He's going to ease pressure, showcase leadership, because as I mentioned to Brady Singer, this team is not running from expectations. They are letting everyone that will listen know we're going for the postseason. Wouldn't you want a guy like this in the clubhouse? Here's Gerard Dyson on his message to his team. Hey, have fun, man. When you have fun, you win and, win and kind of take care of a lot of stuff. Once you play for the guy next to you, you know, like you, you don't worry about that selfish act that go out the window, man, when you got something to fight for. So uh, it's just staying focused and, and, you know, every at bat matters. Every pitch matters when you're going down that stretch. Uh, every game matters. You never know when you're going to be back in that position. That's why you got to give it your all. You want to look in the mirror at the end of, end of the night and say, hey, I gave it everything. I left my sack out there on the line. And if you can, you, if you can look in the mirror and say that, Shouldn't have no doubt in your mind. You kind of talked a little bit about what's changed in terms of the the atmosphere of you know this team uh, since when you faced them at the Royals. But can, that's can you Gerard Dyson, that? um, and 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 that selfish act goes out the window when you have something to fight for. Uh, that quote to me, uh, boy, oh boy, put that on a T-shirt, staple that above lockers. The selfish act goes out the window when you have something to fight for. That's the kind of voice I want on the bench, in the clubhouse, because again, a majority of the time, Gerard Dyson's not going to be on the field laying it all out there on the line. He's going to be motivating, encouraging, and leading. The Bruce Weber Show comes your way next. I'll talk to you next Thursday, 6 o'clock, Vern's Hot Stove on 610 Sports Radio. Enjoy your night, everyone.